This is Kiddish Club News for Jews podcast coming to you in 4K. What's up, everyone? 4K? Really? I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> not ready for 4K. I did want to lose a little more weight first, but okay, ready fine. Ready or not? Yeah. Ready uh, or not? We're not. We're not stopping. We're not slowing down. This train doesn't slow down. My question to you is: How are you managing uh, during this gap week? How is anybody managing? Is that a loaded question? Is there anybody who's happy about this gap week? I mean, some people do after camps. Like, and for anyone who doesn't know, the gap week is like between school and camp, and we're in it. We're deep in it. Like, you need to entertain kids. Yes. This week, so some places have you know after camp. It's like an extra an extra week of camp or an extra no no you no. Know, or That's different. not what it is. That's not what it is. The whole thing is a racket. Okay. All the camps got together and decided, hey, guys, why don't we end camp two weeks early and then charge everybody again for another week? This camp thing ends up costing more than yeshiva tuition. Okay, wait. Before you even say that, I'll tell you that it's always different people. It's never the same camp offering an extra week. It's like a separate side camp, like some yeshiva guys like, okay, we're going to make a camp for a week and a half, and you can all pay me hundreds and hundreds of dollars, each kid. Yeah, but the camps also are saving money, which means they're making more profit off of you. You know what I'm saying? And and well, we look, let them get away we, with it. We, we, we just sit back and we're like, okay, yeah. Gap week, yeah. Gap two weeks. <laughs> Gap three weeks, no problem. Soon it's going to be camp for a week, and then the su- and then the rest of the summer you have your kids. That's what's going to be. I'll tell you something. I can say I can go on and on about camp, but you do need some space between school and camp. You can't just have them. Why? You know, because Why? school supplies, uniforms, all those things—they're important. Okay, it doesn't take two weeks. Okay, you might be right about that. But, you know, some buffer. We do need some buffer. Okay. A day or two or three. We got two weeks here. And then wait. What about the yeshivas that are starting, like, let's say elementary school. Should that start before Labor Day? Uh, so so some do and some don't. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of yes. <laughs> More school. <laughs> Take my kids. Yeah, but that means it's effectively ending the summer in August. And why is that fair? I was like, no, I'm not even sending my kids and just like tell the yeshiva to prorate my tuition. What's up? I mean, for me, one of the main problems now that the, the, the kids are off is, you know, they're taking care of the kids. And I have to be honest, it's interrupting my schedule of pickleball. And I'm not okay oh. with that. <laughs> Wait, I have to say something. Whoever it was that invented the term pickleball and called the sport pickleball that person needs to be put in jail because he it's, had the, the, it was wide open you could have called it anything but when i get a phone call now and i say oh no i can't talk to you right now i'm on the court and they go oh what are you doing and i say Pickable. and they go excuse me <laughs> and then i go tennis i'm playing tennis Listen, pickleball leaves a lot to be desired. That name, we've said this before, the name is really bad. Really bad. But you know like what? You could have called it anything. Like, what would you have called it? I would have, I thought about this, okay? I would have called it short court. Short court? Yeah. Huh. It rhymes. It's snappy. It's, it's, it's tennis with a shorter court, short court. I, I would like to see some sort of a play on the word ping pong. Because that's essentially what it is—a life-size ping pong. Right, but ping pong is also nobody respects the game of ping pong. <laughs> right? I'm a that's ping true. pong player, and I know <laughs> from experience. I don't play basketball, but I play ping pong. I get no respect. Right. And I guess, I guess, the determination of whether or not a game is serious is whether or not I guess it makes it to the Olympics. Yes. Like you don't, you don't see no, ping pong I in the they, Olympics. I think they do have ping pong in the Olympics. I don't think it's an Olympic sport, friend. I believe it is, friend. And uh, in fact, as I do the fact check, table tennis at the Summer Olympics. It has been in the Summer Olympics Summer Olympic Games since 1988. Wow. Yeah. So that when, is shocking. When is pickleball coming to the Olympics? Well, it'll never be there because it's called pickleball. Pickle. Why pickle? Call yeah. it something else. There's even. I mean, there's, there's, there's fruits and vegetables that you could have chosen that would have been better. Any sport, really, that has a vegetable in its name <laughs> kind of lacks seriousness. Am I right? Yeah. They could have gone what, with... Uh, by, the mean, way, by the way, 
there's another sport squash yes <laughs> right nobody takes that seriously no you if you played squash you would never not for your life would you ever tell anyone that you play squash you'll come up with every excuse on earth not to say it but, they, but, but what do you mean i but i saw you but i saw you <laughs> no. on the squash court <laughs> no no but you know it's it's annoying because there was the, the sky was the limit it was an open world of anything they could have called it tiger ball right Tiger ball, call yeah, it tiger, tiger ball. Those tiger balls ball, are yeah. like spotted, so I'll call it call it Dalmatian, and I think that's better, right? Anything but pickleball, yeah. Anything but pickleball. I have another bone to pick. So uh, a lot of people are traveling now, end of summer. You know, people do the end of summer. They take their kids away. They go to these parks and, you know, whatever. And uh, I had a family member, a relative who was traveling, and we got into this discussion, and it was. I said, you know, I want to bring this up. How on earth... Is it fair that after you go through security and you can't bring any drinks through security, you then have to pay $10 for water? That's not fair. Now, I'm not looking for socialism here. I'm a free market capitalist. I'm into all that. But you, the government, are forcing me to throw out my perfectly good drink. So if you're forcing me to do that, then you have to make it, you have to make it right. Would you want government-sponsored water now? Yes, Yes, because it is it is an open market. You can buy from different places. There but are different prices. They're all they're all insanely expensive for no reason. Because they know that you have no access to water. Right. That's why. Right. So what I'm saying is, there's this artificial scenario that's been created where you have no choice. You're basically in chains, and that's being done to you by the Department of Homeland Security. And they're giving. Now you're in the situation where you don't have an outlet, like you said. So now every one of these sellers can just charge anything you want they want and you have no choice and i i, I mean i don't understand i we should go into the business of selling water a dollar a bottle we would make bank at the airport you would cause everybody else's prices to plummet that's all that would happen it would just you would just make things fair it's not right. like it would become rich you would just make everybody else poor <laughs> i don't care <laughs> something needs to change if that's what you want to dedicate your life to, then I'm behind you. Okay, good. So when are we starting? Kiddish Club? No, no, we? Aqua. We, cool. I like that, though. See? See that? Now okay. I'm on board. There we go. Now I'm on board. When you get the branding into it, I'm down. No, but we would make it, maybe we would like do it like French, like Aqua de Kiddush. Okay. Right? Well, I think that's that's reaching much. Yeah? It is just water, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? What about, did you see the, all the articles on the... Uh, Liquid, liquid death water? You know, I saw it actually in the store, and I'm like looking at this like what? I thought it's like an energy drink of some type, and it's like, no, it's just like water. It's canned water. So the story behind it is uh, that there was this graphic designer. His name was Mike Cesario, and he saw people drinking water out of, you know, monster energy drinks. You know those monster energy, energy drinks? Sure. So he was at, I, I think, concert. And uh, at a concert, and he would see people filling them up with water to stay hydrated. And he said, well, you know what? Nobody makes water in a can. And then he decided he was going to make, you know, canned water. And I don't remember where I saw it, but they decided, like, what's the most ridiculous thing that we could call this canned water? And they decided on liquid death. And it was almost like a joke, but they trademarked it, and they marketed it that way. And now liquid death water is the fastest growing drink. How come I never stumble onto these ideas? Can I know? <laughs> they started with roughly, let's say, they had a, a few rounds of funding uh, that was a few million dollars, then like $20 million. The company now is valued at $700 million. Wow. Yeah. And it's water, and it's just water. Canned water. Nothing special about it. Uh, yeah. They started in 2019, four years ago, and they're going to get acquired for billions, and- it's a, a marketing genius. But now that you mentioned, you know, drinks in convenience stores, have you seen and have you tried that prime drink? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so there's a drink. I think it was put out by, I think his name is Jake Paul. I think he's a fighter. But he put out this drink called Prime. Prime, it's like an energy drink. Not an energy drink. I shouldn't say this. like a hydration drink. That's what it is. It's like, to me, like I see it as... Right. I see it as a, a rival to Gatorade. And like my kids were bothering me. Could you buy us this prime? Could you buy the prime? 
and and finally, I you know we found the prime in the store, and like then I see the hechsher. I didn't even know the hechsher. I call the kashis hotline just to make sure about the hechsher, but whatever. Then weeks and weeks later. I find out that there is 200 milligrams of caffeine in each bottle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, no wonder why the kid loves kids. it. <laughs> right, no wonder why he loves this. It's, got, it's, it's like three cups of coffee in a bottle. He's bouncing off the walls, driving exactly. you nuts. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't like I didn't I didn't even put two and two together because who thinks to check whether or not this energy drink or this hydration drink <laughs> even has caffeine. And then, like, I read it in the news. I'm like, holy cow, we, 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 we really need to, like, cut that out. That's crazy. No more, no, no more prime in my home. Well, actually, I have more to say about water. But before we do, I do want to mention uh, our new advertiser. So it's an interesting one this time. Our sponsor for this episode is Consumer Priority Service. So they are a successful home warranty company. And what they're looking for are experienced and hungry sales representatives. That's right. So for all our listeners, if you're looking to make some money, maybe you're looking to make a change, maybe you know someone who could use an opportunity of making some serious dough, you should contact them. They have two offices, one in Eatontown, New Jersey, which is right next to Lakewood, one in Brooklyn, right next to Sheepshead Bay. They have daily minyan in, in their offices. It sounds like a really fun place to work. It does. And the best part is that you could make some serious money there. So if you or someone you know is looking for a change or they're looking for a better opportunity than the one they have right now, contact them, send your resume to the following email. It's mfine, M-F, like Frank, E-I-N, at cpscentral.com. The email address will be in our show notes. And don't forget to mention the cast when you do contact them. Because that lets our advertisers know that they're advertising in the right place. Okay, back to the news. Uh, so this was going around, and obviously it caught my eye. Three people have died after getting infected with a rare flesh-eating bacteria. This is a bacteria that enters the person's system. It goes into their brain. And but wait, how does it get in? So that's the crazy part. So two of them, it seems they got it from swimming in two separate locations, one in Long Island Sound and another in Connecticut, and one person got it from eating shellfish. Now, the shellfish doesn't necessarily bother me per se, but the swimming, swimming now gets you a, a flesh-eating bacteria that could kill you? Well, let's be honest. You're not swimming in the ocean, though. No, I'm not. <laughs> right? What was the last time you actually entered, <laughs> actually entered the ocean? Oh, actually, I could tell you. I could tell mm. you. It oh, was for sure. Wait, I could tell you. It's for sure going to be an error of Rosh Hashanah yes! thing. Because yes! <laughs> <laughs> you, there's no way you're going into a normal mikvah. Well, okay. That's I, a oh, separate phobia for you, by yes, the way. Yes, yes. Mikvahs. Okay, let me say, I've always gone to mikvahs. I'm not an anti-mikvah, you know, because there are the anti-mikvah people. I'm not one of those. I have no problems with mikvahs. I have no problem walking around, towel-less. No problem. I'm fine oh with it. I'm fine with it. But. Ever since COVID, are you you're a prancer? Are you a prancer? <laughs> I'm not a prancer. You just said without a towel, no problem. I'm just saying because right, aren't you the halacha? You know, it's better not to walk around with a towel, etc. I don't know if that's true, because let's be honest, there are prancers, and I personally don't appreciate it. No, I don't either, and I'm not one of them. But ever since COVID, and people were saying how they got sick uh, from going to the mikvah, it just made me realize of all the bacteria, and even though there's chlorine, I just got you know, it went into my brain. I said, okay, I'm done with the mikvah. I'm going to the ocean. But just to be just to be fair, the chlorine content is usually pretty high and it is pretty safe. I know that's, that's not say. a term. I know pretty safe is not exactly a level. <laughs> but it's not but, in my lexicon anyway. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, it's n there's no danger in actually going to the mikvah. Uh, that's what you say. Okay, you could live your life how you want to. I'm just saying for the thousands of listeners, they're still safe. <laughs> okay, so for our thousands of listeners, you could go to the mikvah, no problem. I will go to the ocean until now. Where do I go now? Where do I go? You're saying now the o not even the ocean is safe. The ocean is not safe. The, the ocean has flesh-eating bacteria, and now it's just a matter of pick your poison. Yes. You understand? Exactly. Which one is it for you? Exactly. So my new phobia is 
mikvahs slash going to the ocean. <laughs> Erev, <laughs> Rosh Hashanah, yeah, or Yom Kippur, whatever. Um, also, here's an honorable mention as the summer winds down. So uh, I was with my wife and she saw this uh, weird looking caterpillar. And she says, oh, that's interesting. What What is that caterpillar? And I'll include a picture of it in the WhatsApp. Uh, so it's just like this yellow caterpillar. And like, oh, you know, when you see caterpillars, your first instinct is to, you know, play a little bit, not necessarily touch it, because you know me, I'm not touching bugs. But, you know, you may take a branch, you show your kids, you know, it's fun. So she decides to look it up to, to, to figure out what it is. Turns out this is what's called the American Yellow Dagger Moth caterpillar dagger Wait, how many moth names caterpillar <laughs> <laughs> need i say more dagger moth caterpillar what is it what does it do is it dangerous oh yes it is uh well okay it's not really that By the way, dangerous you know you know there's an app that you can actually take a picture of the bug and like submit it and it matches okay but that that that's for the people who are really next i'm not at that level yet Okay, I I'm got you. I'm approaching that level. I'm not there yet, and I'm proud of myself. Don't have the app. But she did look it up. You know, no, because really she was wearing, wondering about the kids. You know, the kids are playing outside. You know, they may touch it. So when you come into contact, I'm reading to you from uh, one of these websites. When you come into contact with the hairs of the American Dagamoth caterpillar, you will experience immediate itching and burning. Sir. And... It can cause skin irritation if it comes in contact with your skin. They generally don't harm humans or animals, but it's not something that you want to play with. They generally don't harm sounds like they could harm if they <laughs> want to, but usually they don't want to. Like, can they kill you if they want to? Uh, it doesn't seem so. But look, a, a, a bee you know, or a wasp, if you're not allergic, they're generally not, gonna, not really going to hurt you, but you're going to be pretty uncomfortable. You know, that's pain. That's real pain. Bee bites, wasp bites, yes. whatever, stings. Those are really, no, those are, like I would put that not in the uncomfortable category. That's pain, serious pain. Okay, so listen to this. So they're all yellow and hairy, right? But then they have like like a bunch of just like what seems like black hairs um, also. So it turns out, I'm going to read to you again. It says, the spines can cause a nasty reaction that causes severe pain and leaves behind a hematoma, which causes blood to, le to leak from the skin. Okay? okay, so that's alarming. Yeah. Right? If all of a sudden somebody has a huge bump on their arm and it's leaking blood, that's, <laughs> that's a hot solid call or, or an ER visit. Exactly. I was not prepared for the words dagger moth caterpillar. Dagger? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, it's accurately named, though. Yes. <laughs> and all I could think of was, why couldn't they call it Dagger Ball instead of Pickleball, right? <laughs> if it was Dagger Ball, I'm playing Dagger. That could, that what are you doing? Work. I'm on the Dagger Court. Yes. The dagger Ball Court. Yeah, that could work. Right? That could really work. Yeah, we should try. You want to, should we try to rename it? Yeah, we really should. We should, we, our listeners, together with our listeners, we should have like a movement to change Pickleball to Dagger Ball. Yeah, or short I don't court. Think we have. I don't know if we have that many pickleball listeners. No, we'll join together with all the others. We'll join with meaningful, and we'll join with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can. We can do this. We can make this happen. Anyway, so that's our new phobia for the week. It's a. It's a shared phobia now, between yellow dagamoth caterpillars and the ocean and mikvahs. <laughs> sub <laughs> sub phobia. Got you. All right. All right. Okay. Let's move more deeper into the news. So first of all, we do have to mention uh, once again what happened in Hawaii because it was really insane. The death toll continues to rise. There are so many people missing. It is officially the worst wildfire disaster in American history. Uh, they asked Biden about it. As we mentioned in the last cast, Biden took some heat because he continued his vacation rather than stop his vacation and go visit or you know, just show, uh, have a very strong show of force to the Hawaiian people. Uh, he went to Hawaii and there were people lining the highways with signs like too little, too late. Uh, he had a press conference where he was talking about Hawaii and here he is talking about the Hawaiian islands and listen to this. Because there's still some burning on the big island, not the one, that, not the one where you see on television all the time. 
<laughs> so he, in this video, he's talking about Maui. And apparently he forgot the name of the island, Maui, which everyone knows he calls it the Big Island. From the delayed response to calling it the Big Island to falling asleep at the, at the, at the meeting. Did you see that video? I didn't see that video. Okay, but we so need today, to include it. Clearly, we need to include it. He's fast asleep. <laughs> he needs his nap. <laughs> no, I'm serious. But it's it's just it's a disgrace. It's a national disgrace. Just the way this whole thing was handled. And I don't know if you saw uh, uh, on Tucker Carlson, he had a guest, uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor who was pointing out that we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine and Maui is still suffering. They're giving something like $700 to each family. Now, that's not going to go very far. Not at all. Not at right? all. Right? And yet they're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. Well, I, I, I disagree with the premise. I mean, I know that the premise of that is supposed to be, and there's a lot of people, you know, like Tucker, who are, you know, vehemently against the Ukraine war. I am not against the war. I think that we're getting away cheap. We're fighting a proxy war against Russia. And that, to me, that's money that's well spent. It doesn't mean that there should be no accountability. It doesn't mean there should be no corruption. And there's certainly problems with Ukraine and money going missing. missing. I agree with that 100%. But what what is going on and what it's bringing about to the russian military i think in general is good for the united states but that doesn't excuse one they're not mutually exclusive right okay i get it i get it you could it's give just, more help to the maui people the narrative coming from tucker was america last and right. that's sure what it seems like well that, that's always his narrative and you know as you know i'm not a huge fan of tucker um for the for that reason among others uh, as I've said many times, I wasn't a fan before. After he had Kanye on and he gave him that platform, I became m less of a fan of Tucker. And uh, yeah, so I'm not surprised. But uh, yeah, the, the, the government definitely needs to be doing more. And if that weren't enough, Biden continues to disappoint. Uh, listen to this clip. But then, when I signed the bipartisan infrastructure again, which... <laughs> There's talk of that being Webster's <laughs> word of the year. <laughs> <laughs> at least you can repeat it because i can't even repeat it biden is just fast asleep literally and figuratively and the scary thing is that he's going to be our next president oh come on you believe that absolutely, absolutely. Well, there's a huge debate coming up that trump uh, I think is there's... not going to be attending right but eight other candidates are going to be a part of it and by the way we said that in a previous cast we said we're looking forward to the debates. Yes, but but we said that Trump is probably not going to be on it. Right. You said he wasn't. I said I thought he would. And it looks like you are correct. He's definitely skipping this debate. Most likely going to skip other debates. Uh, Shapiro pointed out that since he's skipping these debates, there's no chance that he's going to debate Biden because Biden's just going to say, well, I'm not going to debate him. He doesn't debate. He didn't debate anybody. It wasn't worth his time. I'm not going to debate this, you know, guy who has four indictments against him absolutely not so but, we are we're going to lose out on all that entertainment if you, <laughs> if you recall though biden never did debate anybody no he did he debated trump did he yes huh, i don't remember that probably i fell asleep <laughs> yeah so we but, the public lose out no i definitely agree to you but um tucker is going to be interviewing trump during the debate so that interview will will air the same time as the debates so that there'll be, you know, competition. Well, not competition. Nobody's going to be watching the debates. We're all going to be watching <laughs> Trump to see right, what he has to say. We really just want to see what the nicknames are going to be for each person, right? But it's funny because it's such a move. It's such a Trump move. Yes. Right? Absolutely. To say, you know what? Forget those guys. Focus on me. I'm yep. here with Tucker. Not Let's only do it. am I not going to go to the debate, not only am I not going to join, I'm going to have a rival <laughs> broadcast and destroy your debate so that <laughs> even you guys don't don't get anything out right, of it. Right. That's what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's exactly what he's doing. But yes, I stand by what I'm saying. There's absolutely no way Trump can win. Um, there's really just no way. If you look at the national polls, if you look at all of the battleground states, Trump cannot win. And 
he's leading by huge numbers in the republic you know among republicans for the republican primary as the republican candidate he's way ahead of everybody do you think he's going to get the nomination there's no question if he wanted it's okay. his. If okay. he wanted so it's let's his. say so let's say you do have another trump biden uh presidential race you say biden takes it not even a question not even a question you want to place a bet between the two of us i'm happy to do it wow there's no question. Okay, that's. I, I mean, it's it's to me a little depressing that you're coming out so forceful, because I think Trump does have a shot. I think people see what four years of Biden is, and I don't think you're right. Okay, just I, what's your reasoning? I want to know what's your reasoning. How in the I, world did this you. president even get elected again? I've told you, and I'll tell you again. Number one, he has four indictments, bro. Four indictments right now. And you think that's the thing that's ruining it for him? If there were zero indictments, you would say he's okay. No. He can get it. This is It's very, very simple math. Trump's core base, yes, they will vote for him. If you look at the rest of the Republican Party, there's a huge chunk of Republicans who will say, you know what? I'm not voting for this guy who might be a criminal. He may have taken a part in the insurrection. He uh, didn't handle COVID all that well, et cetera, et cetera. Plus... All the Democrats we know are not voting for him. And then you look at the independents. Why on earth would they vote for him? Why would they be moved? Because they hate Biden. But at least people are, are risk averse, right? If even though Biden, let's say, it, you know, it's arguable if, it, if his presidency was great. I personally don't think it was. But at the same time, Trump, in every sense of the world, is a tremendous wild card, right? We know that. And people are risk averse. So if you look at these ind the independent voter, why would they take this chance with him? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You're saying people are risk averse and you're saying Trump is a wild card. And nothing that you're saying is wrong except that when it came to policy and when it came to your life as a citizen, it only got better. Meaning Trump's a wild card socially. Trump's a wild card when you're looking at, at the White House and at the presidency as a whole. When you look at that, yep, Trump's a wild card. But when it comes to policy and when it comes to his politics, I don't think he's a wild card. I think you know exactly what you're going to get. And I think that's what people appreciate. They know. I tell you, most of the people, most of the, the Trump supporters that, you, that, that I talk to say, I don't like Trump as a person. I think he's a horrible human being. But do I think that he's America first? Do I think that he loves the country? Do I think that his policies are good? Yes. And that's why I support him. Just because you support the candidate, it doesn't mean you support the personality. I would argue with that uh, strongly because I think it's the exact opposite. You vote for the personality. And I could prove it to you. Trump is so far ahead of Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, here you have a clean-cut uh, moral person, right? In every sense of the word, in his personal life, in every aspect of his life, you have... He's the governor of Florida. He did an amazing job in Florida. He did an amazing job with COVID. He did a great job with the economy. He put policies in place. He did away with the whole critical race theory in the schools in Florida. He, he just keeps, he actually has been instituting conservative policies in Florida. And where has that gotten him? Nowhere. Because Trump is a cult of personality. And that's what people vote for. They vote for the personality, not for their policies. I'm just saying that I think the people that are not his core base with Trump have learned to be able to separate the personality from the politics. That's my opinion. Okay. And speaking about Ukraine, uh, I'm sure you saw this. Zelensky is warning Israel that if they... Supposedly, Israel has been giving trouble to some of the Ukrainians who have been trying to get into Israel. They have a visa waiver agreement with Ukraine. Zelensky warned that if Israel continues this, you could say goodbye to Israelis coming to Uman. Oh, he's holding oh, it over snap. our heads. Yep. <laughs> if you want Uman Rosh Hashanah, you better be careful. <laughs> and then Israel was like, uh, You think you're going to stop us from uh, going to Uman? No, no, not so fast.
was so dumb. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Israel, for their part, are saying that they're not treating them any different than any other country. And the amount of Ukrainians that they're turning away is the same as every other country that tries to come to Israel. And they're yeah, not the signaling them out. But there's no gravesite in, you know, Uzbekistan. You know what I'm saying? Right. They want some preferential treatment because <laughs> they let us all in. <laughs> and speaking of Israel, by the way, I'm sure you saw that Mayor Adams from New York, mayor of New York City, is visiting Israel right now. Yeah, you can't even get away from those videos. If you're somebody that follows the news, you see it all over the place. And they're giving him a lot of covet. Like, they're really stepping up they're their game. They're laying it on thick. Well, New York City is... <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest Jewish populations in the diaspora in the world. I know, but what could he pot like? Like, okay, what do you want from the guy? Like, okay, he, he's in charge of New York. Okay, and and all the Jews are in New York, all of them. So basically, Israel is giving him the red carpet treatment for us. Yes. So that he treats us good. That's right. Okay, I'll take it. I will yeah. take it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's but no, to to be fair, Israel really does that with every visiting politician. Uh right side of the aisle, left side of the aisle, no matter who it is, Israel really does roll out the red carpet because they know that at the end of the day it will affect Jews all over the world and it will affect Israel. So, you know, it does make sense. It just it's just smart policy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that includes going to Rebbe's because they did take him to the Toldos of Ram Yitzchak Rebbe. Oh, did they? Yeah, they're like they're giving him the real, the real deal. What 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 came of that? I'm not sure. I just I know that I was you know flipping through the news and I saw that uh, they took him to the Rebbe. I th I think the Rebbe's not feeling great, so I think he's in the hospital and, and he just went to visit with one of the with one of his Hasidim because I think one of the Talmud Rabbi Yitzchak Hasidim are on uh, uh, Mayor Adams' staff. Oh, interesting. Right. So he's like, come, you have to come meet my Rebbe or meet my rabbi, as he would probably say to the mayor, uh, and he'll give you a big blessing, etc. Interesting. Okay, but also uh, coming out of the Jewish news, during a security check that took place at Berlin's airport, uh, Chief Rabbi Berlin Yehuda Tachtel was asked to remove his kippah, and he refused, saying, you know, he couldn't remove it for religious reasons, and security tried to explain to him that it was standard procedure and everyone passing through had to do it and that they had a directive that made that mandated that everybody do it and he said i don't believe that i don't think that there is such a, a directive and he refused to do it uh, after he got to berlin he met with the president of the federal police of germany and the police chief was shocked to hear about the experience and told him that there is no directive for anyone to remove their yarmulkes in the airport. What do you think of that? So I, I'll tell you what I think, because this is it's a little bit of a touchy subject, obviously, but I've been asked to remove my Akipa in the airport. Really? Yeah. Now, yes, I Never have. Never happened to me. Never. Okay, wait. So I'll tell you. It depends why you need to remove your Akipa. If it has to go into the conveyor belt and I'm walking around without my yarmulke, like, that's not cool. But if the guy asks me to lift it up to make sure I'm not carrying contraband underneath... <laughs> Contraband. <laughs> <laughs> underneath my underneath my dome. How big is your then, yarmulke? I'm looking at you. Your yarmulke's not that big. What, I understand. What are they going to find saying, under there? A I'm gun? I'm just saying. A knife? <laughs> a knife? I don't know. What under could your, you keep under, under your keeper? I'm. I listen. A hat? I don't know. No, I get it. A hat. A strimal. Yeah. Anything that's a large head covering. A keeper. I'm just telling you what happened to me. This occurred to me. I lifted my yarmulke up. He did a quick inspection. You know, no horns, no knives, and that was that. Now, if it had to go on a conveyor belt, and then I had to, like, go retrieve it, that would have not been cool. Even though I probably would not have made a fuss, but it's good to know that I could have made a fuss. So you don't think it was anti-Semitism? I don't know how long they wanted him without his yarmulke. Is it, it a lift up and holding your hand, or is say. it, a, or is it place it on the conveyor belt so we can X-ray it to make sure you're not carrying anything inside the keeper? It does not say. It does right. not say. That's but that's why it's unclear. Yeah, that's also true. They probably should look the other way when it comes <laughs> exactly. to the keeper. <laughs> Understand? If anyone, yeah? don't make a problem for the Juden. This is what your opa did. Look how that worked out. <laughs>
ridiculous. <laughs> also coming out of Germany, uh, a plague of drunken raccoons has been raiding homes and killing pets. Homeowners are facing repair bills, bills of up to 10,000 euros after the animals have been going on a spree and breaking into people's homes. And it seems these raccoons have a taste for German beer. Sounds like San Francisco, actually. <laughs> it's interesting because these raccoons were actually introduced. They're not native to Germany, and they were introduced during the Nazi era. Were they imported raccoons? Yeah. They were first brought to Germany in the 1920s. They were released into the wild at the beginning of the Nazi era. But I mean, usually there's a purpose. What's the purpose? It doesn't say. The article doesn't say. According to the article, urban legend long held that Hermann Göring, Machshemai, personally ordered their release, but this version of events has recently been debunked by historians. But I, I just don't see the point. Like, why do we even know that? Why do we even know when raccoons were released into the German populace? Because they, it started with uh, them importing a couple of raccoons, I think because they were cute, and they've gotten... <laughs> I mean, raccoons are pretty cute, you gotta admit it. If it depends. If when they're in your garbage cans, they're not that cute. Yeah, like you know what? Oh my gosh! When you lift the garbage garbage can cover to throw out like garbage, and there's a raccoon in there, and they jump out. Nothing scarier than that. You know what is scarier than that? When they come to your door and 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 start touching the handle. That is scary. That's, yeah, that happens. <laughs> I have seen that happen. It has wiggled the door handle. Yikes! You because know, I had a glass door at one point. And there's a handle, and he's just looking right at me. And there was two of them, and they're just jiggling that door handle like it's like Oy. they're gonna come in, like Oy. they're coming in. Yeah. Boy, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So raccoons like German beer makes sense. Uh, but speaking of alcohol, here's a crazy one. You know, Ego, the company Ego that makes the waffles. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So for September. They've teamed up with Sugarlands Distilling Company, and they've made a special drink for the upcoming season. And this is called Ego Brunch in a Jar. And this sipping alcohol, it's 40 proof. It's meant to highlight all the flavors found at your typical brunch spread, bacon, syrup, butter, and Ego waffles. <laughs> Wait, first tell me if this is kosher. I don't know. So it didn't come out yet. It's coming out. Uh, I, I, all I have is a picture of it. And I, in the picture, I can't see if there's any type of texture on it. I kind of doubt there is. Not that I think there's actual bacon in it, but I am hoping that it's kosher. Because as disgusting as this sounds, you know you got to try it. But it's there's nothing that could be more off-brand than for Ego Waffles to release an alcoholic drink. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, they, they, this is not the first time they did it, right? They released in 2022. They released the they they teamed up with the same distillery and released the Egonog Appalachian Sipping Cream. So they they've done this before, but I mean, you're thinking about having a drink, an alcoholic drink. Let's say after dinner. I don't know when would you drink this. Obviously, obviously going to be sweet. It's clearly a breakfast drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly for the degenerate among us. <laughs> Honey, I'm late for work. Don't worry. <laughs> Take this. A drink that tastes like bacon syrup, butter, and Eggo waffles. By the way, there's probably nothing better than having one of those Eggo brunch drinks right as you as you wake up, right after you finish davening, and then go right back to bed. <laughs> okay, we're going to keep an eye on this because I am so hoping that this is kosher. Because if it is, we're going to be doing a taste test right on this well, guest. Well, let's, let's hope it comes out after the Yamam Nairayim. Why is that? So that people don't get tempted to sleep in. I mean, it's not the season. Oh, oh I hear you. It's a good you know point. You saying? Yeah, yeah. Valid point. Valid point. Also, in food-related news, this is coming from NBC New York. People are reporting that their watermelons are exploding. So seems that a lot of videos have been going viral of people showing exploding watermelons. So another new fear has been unlocked in this episode. What is this, fear number six? I, I lost count. I don't know about you. But I'll tell you something. I've heard of this happening to people. Like watermelons explode spontaneously. Like you cannot know. You've heard know. of this? 
I've heard of this. Like people have had it explode in their car, explode on the kitchen table. Um, but it turns out that this is from bacteria that's inside. Oh, is that what it is? Bacteria on the inside will always cause a gas buildup. Right. And like if you ever notice, like sometimes when you have a yogurt that's in the fridge for too long, uh, the top will start to push outward. Yes, that's true. Right? Whenever you see that, whether it's on the, the, the yogurt or it's on the hummus from Shabbos or whatever you see, whenever you see the top is, is starting to push outwards, Don't it's a bad it. sign. <laughs> right. It's probably rotten. And usually you smell it and it's, prob- and it's usually rotten because that's the gas and the bacteria building up and pushing the, the package outward. So that's always a telltale sign for me. Like when I go through the fridge, that is a huge red flag among the dips from Shabbos. If any of them have the bulge, they go right into the trash. Well, it seems you are correct. As I, uh, as I go through the article, it says, uh, according to Keith Schneider, PhD, professor in the food science and human nutrition department at the University of Florida, he says, quote, this is probably due to the heat. The fruit, if slightly damaged, can begin fermenting. If enough fermentation occurs, which produces gas, enough internal pressure may build up for the watermelon to crack or pop. He explains well, if that enough it, fermentation occurs, you have watermelon liqueur. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that that ever happens. Nobody gets pleasantly surprised with an exploding watermelon, and they're like, huh, huh, I guess we are having a party tonight. <laughs> Okay, and also out of Italy. So this this happened actually a couple of weeks ago. We this was sent to us from so many of our listeners, and uh, we we haven't covered it, but uh, I guess we can now. So uh, an Italian man was crushed to death when a shelf broke and thousands of wheels of Parmesan cheese fell on him and crushed him to death. That is the saddest thing. That's the saddest way to go. Am yes. I wrong? In, but- well, in a way, yes, but in a way, no. Right? If he really loves cheese. Are you suggesting that he loved cheese so much that he wanted to be buried by cheese? Well, he was 74 years old. And if he if he had to pick a way to go and he loves cheese, he certainly loved cheese. He's Italian. That's not the worst way. That's all I'm saying. If I gotta leave at this world, let it be with the provolone. <laughs> It's interesting because there's a Gemara that says that if you're supposed to get skila, right, a person will get skila. It doesn't have right. to be through a Bezdin. Like, I just right. can't help but think of that of that Gemara that, like, this is somebody essentially being stoned by cheese. By cheese, but though. <laughs> right. But the softest of all possible stones. <laughs> yes, but stones nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? You, you could dramatically injure somebody with a wheel of cheese. <laughs> and again, in more food-related news, this one coming out of Maine. Maine has become a breeding ground for Chinese illegal marijuana growing worth billions of dollars. Well, I mean, I've been hearing about the Chinese scooping up like huge parcels of land, yes. of farms in different states, but this is definitely unique because th- it means that they have people here cultivating an illegal substance. Well, it's not really illegal anymore, but federally illegal right. substance. Well, get this. According to this article, there are 270 suspected Chinese illegal grow operations in Maine, worth an estimated $4.37 billion. And now you want to know why we had a Chinese spy balloon on the other (laughs) side of the country. Right. This is what they were doing, distracting (laughs) us. It's like, everybody look there, and then, you know. How can they have 270 of these and go unnoticed? 270 farms that are growing illegal substances. Come on. There's no checks and balances for these things. You know what I mean? Like anybody can come over to America and do whatever they want for a couple of months before even a flag is raised. Oh, please. I tried to put up a shed and I had a a Department of uh, Buildings violation. (laughs) These guys are are doing grow houses. Yeah, and and nothing, (laughs) nothing. The only thing I could think of is, is like because it's in Maine and like Maine is just one of those states. Like, do you ever hear about Maine? Anything to do with Maine? No, I, for, I forgot they were part of the union, to exactly, be honest. Exactly, exactly. 
<laughs> Maine is just nowhere on anyone's radar. It's like even New Hampshire is better than Maine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and speaking of illegal substances, we haven't really spoken about Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's your go-to guy, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, uh, you know, the, the Republicans are still, their investigation is going on strong. Uh, according to information that has been leaked, Hunter Biden said that if he were to be prosecuted, they were going to put Joe Biden on the stand. Wait a second. Are we talking about the White House incident? No. Because <laughs> I don't know which which angle we're taking. There are so many. There are very many, even though the news doesn't cover, cover them. No, this is related to the plea deal that he had with the IRS and with the government that uh, was really a sham that said that he could never be prosecuted for anything in the world. And now they are subpoenaing IRS agents. We had whistleblowers who came forward. And he's saying that if he, if anything, his team was saying that if they were to prosecute him, he was going to put Biden on the stand, which we heard the clip. Could you imagine Joe Biden on the stand trying to defend his son? What kind of circus that would be? Yeah, that would be, you know what? I would watch. That's all I know. Oh, for sure. For sure. But in a rare moment, CNN actually gave credit to Trump hmm. for calling out Hunter Biden uh, in the debates. If you remember the debates that you said never happened, but the debates between Trump and Biden, Trump called out Biden for his family taking all the money from all these, from from Russian, for you, I'm sorry, from Ukraine and from China. And Biden said, you know, that never happened. And uh, we know it did happen. And uh, here's the clip from CNN. And, and uh, Kristen, uh, Glenn Kessler from The Washington Post uh, had a fact check about Joe Biden uh, from earlier this month, um, noting that Hunter Biden admitted in court in July that he was, in fact, paid substantial sums uh, from Chinese companies. Kessler wrote, Hunter Biden reported nearly $2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Take a listen. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. What you None of that is true. He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. So it's from two different debates, but I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. I don't know that he was lying about it. He might not have been told by Hunter, but this blind spot is a problem. It's a problem, one, because Republicans aren't going to let it go, that's for sure. But also, these problems are continuing through the legal system. It's not as though this is something that's been settled in other jurisdictions and Republicans are just harping on it. It is an ongoing thing in our courts. It's not going anywhere. This is a blind spot. Does it concern you as a Democrat? Well, I think dads have sometimes and parents sometimes have blind spots about their kids, for sure. And the president may be no exception. But nothing has tied the president to any of Hunter Biden's dealings. There's no whiff of him being involved or him being implicated in it. And uh, it's, you know, I think it's not something the voters care a lot about. All right, my thanks to the panel. Thank so even CNN seems to be turning a little bit on Joe Biden when it comes well, to that this was, point. Yeah, I mean, that was Jake Tapper. It wasn't really CNN, just to be fair. But yeah, he is one of the main personalities on CNN, yes. But it's just things are shaking out to be a little bit different than we thought they would be, I think, heading into an election year. Yes. And uh, just to end it off, the election betting odds, just because we do have this bet going on. We haven't, we haven't talked about what we're betting each other on who wins the presidency. But according to the election betting odds right now, uh, Joe Biden has a 36% chance of winning, whereas Trump has a 26.6% chance. Those, that's 10 meaningful points. Yeah, they are. But I think I think as we get into the season, I think as the interviews air and as the debates happen and as we see how this, uh, this fourth indictment shakes out, I might be wrong, but I think we're going to see Trump's odds increase as we go. But let's see. And if that does happen, we're going to bring that to you and you're going to hear it here on Kiddish Club News for Jews. And thanks for listening. And don't forget, by the way, we do have a call-in number. So friends, family members who don't have access to the podcast online can call in and listen to 
any of our podcasts. The call-in number is 605-417-0303. And of course, it will be in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. They've been as they've been in business for over 25 years. They have daily prizes and bonuses. <laughs> Why are you doing that to me? Why are you messing me up? What if, what prizes and bonuses? Come take a job. We've got prizes. Yeah. As though a salary is not enough. A salary is a prize. This <laughs> is a fun exciting atmosphere to work in. Good. So say that. <clears throat> Wait. Sounds like a <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at this. Try again, try again. <laughs> Hans, you do not ask them to take off the keeper. Wait, what's a better German name instead of Hans? Heinrich. <laughs> Heinrich, Heinrich. To... Heinrich Himmler. Oy. Yeah, it's too close. Yeah, Heinrich. Heinrich. Cute bo- German boys named Fritz, Heinz, Ralph. No, you have to do Heinrich. How do you Wilbur. say how do you say grandfather in in German? Uh, Opa. I know you I know you you love your Opa, but we can't we don't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm sure you love your Opa, Heinrich. <laughs> yeah. But this, this but we cannot do this any longer. Listen here, Heinrich. You cannot you cannot ask them to remove the skull cap. Okay? This is <laughs> What were you thinking, Heinrich? You cannot ask them to remove the skull <laughs> You cannot. Stop from you cannot. No, I was going to say something like, uh, this is what your opa did. How did that work out? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. You cannot ask... Whoa. Wrong tone, wrong tone. What? When it, it was Indian. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> you cannot ask them French. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.